Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. So today is the 29th day of our practice. Also the day that we receive the ashes of our cat behind me on the altar. Suddenly, Obi is very small. It's so amazing to watch Boy Chick, our other cat, just relating to the little box. He was very interested and has gotten quieter now that the ashes are here somehow. So the text for today is um, Priest Daishi, Zen Master Huang Zong said, speaking 10 feet does not compare with practicing one foot. Speaking one foot does not compare with practicing one inch. I love that. Speaking 10 feet does not compare with practicing one foot. So many people, you know, so many of us struggle so much with speaking as if we could understand the practice in a way. As if we could speak our way through it or understand our way through it. There he is. As if we could understand what he's saying. You know, this emphasis we have, or this clinging we have to understanding, doesn't compare to practicing for one foot. So how do we practice this one foot? To me, it's so much related to just like experiencing where my breath is in my body right now. Mm. Noticing, you know, just I was listening as we were sitting to the hail against our air conditioner makes such a specific sound. Pop, 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 pop. 
And I found myself worried about Toto outside. My breath went whoosh. And then coming back to, to the breath, to this one foot. And then he gets even more specific. He's like, but still speaking one foot doesn't compare to practicing one inch. So to being, I love that it keeps getting more and more specific. The beauty of like watching each of your faces. One inch, being so interested and so curious about each inch. As many of you know, I'm just so interested in the Hara and just, it makes such a difference if we're not completely there. Even an inch away from it. Or in another place, it says, you know, even if you're a hair's breadth away from it, you're mountains and rivers away from it. So even like a hair's breadth away, from this attention, from this exquisite opportunity, ah, just to be wherever we are. We got home today and Chodo handed me Obi's little box and I just burst into tears. me, that was my experience of practicing one inch, feeling the bizarreness of that shape. I wonder what that is for you today, or even right now in your own body. How are you experiencing as you're listening? How are you experiencing your body? How are you experiencing your breath? Can you allow for a little bit more tenderness? An inch more tenderness. <laughs> Cry of tenderness. It may appear that Daichi was warning people, Dogen says, of his day not to ignore continuous practice and not to forget about mastering the Buddha way. It's a lot happening here. It may appear that Daichi was warning the people of his day not to ignore continuous practice and not to forget about mastering the Buddha way. It may appear that way. However, he was not saying that speaking 10 feet is of no value. So it's kind of like, to me, it reminds me of like why studying is important. Yeah, I love to study. My very nerdy part 
<laughs> a really geeky part. Like I love when we're reading a lot about medieval Zen, like Zen in medieval Japan. That has some value. Perhaps. But rather the practice of one foot has greater power. I think it's such an interesting juxtaposition of what Dogen's saying, right? So yeah, it's really important to study and to understand. That has value. Certainly for me, studying over the years has brought like new and new layers to my practice. I love studying sutras. I love reading Dogen because in some ways I feel like it gives me more companionship on the way. I love learning about the ancestors. Mostly because it's such a wonderful reminder that no one was having an easy time. They might have all had a cat. <laughs> there actually are a lot of cats in the stories. <laughs> Lots of temple cats. Like this one. <laughs> like this wild thing. Was hurting so much. So saying we know something about grief is not the same as experiencing grief. It doesn't have the same power. So Dogen saying, like to actually be in the experience has greater power. And that's certainly been my experience. It's so interesting to study. It's so enlivening to experience. And to put ourselves in the situation where we can actually learn something. to feel the power of actually meeting our conditioning and doing something new. Now these days I'm taking a, a long summer course myself in communication. And this afternoon for several hours, we were talking about triggers and what to do when you feel triggered. And they were talking about how important it is to experience your body. To ground yourself. I mean, this is what, you know, to me, what many of the teachers and the committees that have been talking about, to be in our bodies. 
my teacher last night. She couldn't be more clear. And there she was so vital in her 92 year old body. So curious. It says it's also like Mount Sumeru and a poppy seed. <laughs> Sumeru reveals its entire size. The poppy seed reveals its entire size. The great point of continuous practice is like this. How do you reveal your you-ness? Imagine the poor poppy seed if it was like, I wish I was like Mount Sumeru. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. Imagine a little poppy seed. Why aren't I giant in the center of the world like Mount Sumeru? Or Mount Sumeru. Why aren't I little and just like inside of a beautiful flower like a poppy seed? It's so crazy how we do that. You know, there's a really wonderful <laughs> poem where it just says, Ducks have short legs, storks have long legs. That's the end of the coin. So much reminds me of this Natsumaru revealing itself to itself and the poppy seed revealing itself to itself. It's like the Pacific Ocean revealing itself to itself in the sky, revealing itself to itself. I was talking with a very dear friend this afternoon and just very moved because as he was leaving, he just said, I hope one day to feel at home in myself. And I appreciated his depth of feeling and sincerity and vulnerability. Like that part of us that's like him, who's like the poppy seed who wishes we were Mount Sumeru. Or Mount Sumeru wishing it was a poppy seed. Or a duck wishing it had long legs like a stork. Or a stork wishing it had little legs like a duck. And the heartbreak of that. The 
when we do that. As if we're in control of how things go. The great point of continuous practice is like this. Revealing your entire size. These are not simply the words of Daichi, but the words of Wangzong, boundless world. These are not my words, but the words of the boundless world. Reminds me of like what Dalsa Dogen has been telling us the last couple of days, where it's just like, don't be seeking after things. Shame and gain, he's been calling me. <laughs> Fight. He just doesn't know what he wants. Have you ever been like that? Not knowing what you want, but just hurting, confused, sorrowful, and crying out. And then when you get what you want, you think, you scamper away. You cry to be held again. who hasn't been like that. So the reflection for today is everything is an aspect of continuous practice. Everything. In particular, what we think shouldn't be happening. Without shame or blame, can you notice the difference between speaking and practicing in your body? Now, what would happen if I could just soften the narrative and storytelling? What would that be like? And just noticing the difference. So again, not you know saying like, oh, it's bad that I was telling a story, but just noticing the difference about when we're caught in the story and when we stop the story. Ah. In my experience, it's such a relief, but not helpful if we shame ourselves for being caught in the story. So how do we practice not separating? 
me is actually what we're doing, which is showing up. Learning to show up. The value of a practice period is to remember like, yes, continuous practice. Yes, meeting with your Sangha members, meeting with your teacher. Not because you want to, but because that's the practice. I find it such a relief when I just practice instead of debating whether I feel like it. As someone who debated whether they felt like it for at least 10 years of my practice, <laughs> like it's such a relief to just like, ah, oh, to not be so interested. Comes up, of course, will always arise. But what a relief, it, talking about like practicing one inch, like just like, just that inch of like, ah, feeling your preference softening. To me, it's actually part of how to move into delight. And it is what Dogen talks about for me, entering the Dharma gate of ease and joy. Happens when we allow that inch and allow the experience of the inch, even if it's our brokenheartedness, even if it's our despair, whatever it is, joy or sorrow, easy to say. As Diane ended her talk last night <laughs> about the little girl, it's like one of my favorite things. <laughs> but just about how the little girl was real. Finally, she was real. So she wasn't caught in doing it right or wrong, but just being real. What could be better than allowing ourselves to be real? I'm so delighted to be with all of you. I wish you realness, tenderness, and just to really experience the difference between the story in your body <sighs> and the relief of the story. Thank you so much. <laughs>